It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm of Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are attorneys who follow Jesus and focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call us at 312-726-1243. Today, we'll be speaking with Denise Harley, who serves as legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, where she's a member of their Center for Life. In this role, Denise focuses her litigation efforts on defending the First Amendment freedoms of pro-life healthcare professionals and pregnancy resource centers. Denise, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Thanks so much. So glad to be talking with you. Tell us what the Center for Life does uh, more specifically. We know you're pro-life, but uh, how has ADF set this up? How big is it? And what types of cases are you working on? Well, we stay busy in ADF's Center for Life, as you might imagine. We have a team of five attorneys, um, and we also have some uh, three folks that work on legislative matters as well. But uh, from our litigation standpoint, we focus on defending the free speech of pro-life pregnancy centers, of sidewalk counselors, um, and the pro-life conscience beliefs of medical professionals, like doctors and nurses who don't want to be forced to participate in abortion or physician-assisted suicide. Um, we also help states defend their good pro-life laws when they pass those, or to uh, defend against challenges when groups like Planned Parenthood come and try to strike down laws that are such as ultrasound laws and waiting periods. So um, we do everything from conception to natural death. We believe in the preciousness and sanctity of life, and we pretty much are busy around the country um, helping to defend life in whatever way it's um, being threatened in in the court system. Yeah, this is just so important, and it's it's an ongoing battle, and it's raging everywhere. There are forces that are against life, and not not only against unborn children, uh, but uh, against the elderly, against uh, handicapped people, and against the doctors who don't want to do abortions and the nurses who don't want to do abortions. Uh, ADF is co-counseling with Malcolm Baker in a case here in the Chicago area where a nurse was fired because she refused to do abortions. It violated her conscience and her religious beliefs. So just instead of just getting another nurse and moving her around, she gets fired. You see a lot of that, don't you, Denise? We see far too much of it, especially in light of the fact that there are laws, <laughs> there are multiple laws that protect Americans from being forced to participate in abortion. There are federal statutes, there are state laws, there's um, provisions within the Constitution, and and yet we see, especially in certain jurisdictions, Illinois being one, 
that there's such government hostility towards a pro-life viewpoint that we continue to find ourselves um, helping these people who are really just victims of religious persecution of a sort. And and what do you think? I know you've given this a lot of thought, and, and you and your colleagues is behind this persecution and hostility. Why why this attitude? Because it's it's easy enough to transfer a nurse to another another job in the medical center or um, avoid some of these problems like a mandatory uh, abortion coverage in, in insurance policies, which really don't change much, but uh, they, they require people to uh, violate their conscience. So what do you think is spiritually behind this uh, antagonism and persecution? You said spiritual, and I think that's right. It's certainly a spiritual battle of evil. And if I could take you and your listeners back to Roe v. Wade, even in the court's opinion in Roe v. Wade, it was acknowledged that there could be a threat to, for example, people who work in the healthcare industry if a new constitutional right to abortion was created or recognized and even to the family members of a woman who's undergoing abortion. This language is in the opinion. And immediately on the heels of Roe v. Wade, Congress acted to enact federal statutes to try to protect pro-life individuals and institutions from being forced to participate in abortion. Because once it was declared a right, a constitutional right, um, all of a sudden it was elevated to a status that uh, no one really knew what that status was going to be because, of course, it's not in the Constitution, but suddenly it conflicts with right, fundamental rights like free speech and free exercise of religion. And so as soon as that bad decision came down, when it was a, a terrible decision, Roe v. Wade, all of these problems immediately percolated as uh, just a, a really obvious slippery slope. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Mauck, partner in law firm of Mauck & Baker. If you missed part of this episode and want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MaukBaker.com, where you can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, today we're speaking with Denise Harley, legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom and a member of their Center for Life which is defending all over the country these attacks on conscience, on unborn children, uh, and is actually on the counter-offensive uh, and supporting new legislation to protect people. Uh, Denise, uh, tell us a little about the laws that are being enacted by pro-life states that are expanding the protections for unborn children and others. Some of my favorites that we're seeing right now are what we call sometimes the eugenics abortion laws, those that protect against abortion based on sex, race, or disability. Um, and these are so important because in, in every other aspect of our life as Americans, we have legal protections that ensure that people aren't discriminated against based on their race or their gender or uh, any disability that a person might have. And so 
it makes all the sense in the world that we would protect the most vulnerable in the womb from that same sort of invidious discrimination. Not just you know, discrimination, but actually fatal, lethal discrimination to end someone's life based on their sex or their race or the fact that they have some sort of genetic abnormality. So those have been getting some traction in the States, and we, um, we love seeing that recognition that all life is equally precious. So those, along with some of the other laws that recognize the pain capability of babies in the womb, the fetal pain laws that protect against bans, uh, abortions later once a baby can feel pain, well, even going back to, to conception, and, and you mentioned Roe versus Wade, Wade earlier, uh, in that opinion, they said, we don't know when life begins. That's a Supreme Court majority speaking. Uh, if we did, it would make a big difference. Now, we do know now that life begins, thanks to advances in medical and biological technology. At the moment of conception, a person has a DNA, and they're alive, they have a gender, their intelligence, their hair color, and so much more is already encoded in the DNA that God has, has given, but yet people don't want to recognize that, and these laws you're talking about force the issue. Uh, do we abort a child because it's a boy? Do we abort a child because... Uh, the child is uh, may have some developmental uh, difficulties. Do we basically kill children? And the killing of children makes a lot of people mad uh, when we say that that's what's happening. But it, it, can we say otherwise? Well, I think the ultrasound laws are a good example of what you're talking about. And we've seen a majority of states now have laws that ensure that a woman gets to see this visual image of her unborn child, which has a heartbeat within a matter of days. And that's something that wasn't around in Roe v. Wade or Casey when the court was trying to make up a test based on viability. Um, when of course, viability itself has changed with advances in NICU healthcare. Um, but just going back to the ultrasound, that's an undeniable picture of life um, and movement that women can now see of their child. The question is, is gone if, the, if it was ever there in the first place as to whether it's life. Well, there was a wonderful opinion in a case we handled with uh, Judge Sam Duryagan in federal court, and the, uh, the city of Elgin had shut down an uh, ultrasound uh, mobile facility that was operating and showing women uh, help them see the child in their womb, and the city shut it down through uh, Irzat's zoning law. But Judge Duryagan said the action by Elgin infringes on a woman's right to know. It infringes on her right to abortion and Roe versus Wade and to make an intelligent choice. So he, he took Roe versus Wade and turned that right around. It's, great. it's a great opinion if you're not uh, familiar with it. Uh, coming up, we'll talk further with Denise Harley, legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, about what a recent HHS government mandate means for you. I'm John Mauck. 
and this is Layers for Jesus. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Mauk, an attorney at Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Uh, today, we're speaking with Denise Harley, legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, about their battles to protect unborn children and to change laws and to protect professionals from being forced into abortions uh, or performing abortions or servicing abortions and uh, insurance that's uh, required uh, of companies to in, uh, pay for abortions. The, that kind of thing is being forced upon us. And uh, Denise, uh, during the break, we were talking about a couple cases that Alliance Defending Freedom is uh, fighting in California that have implications for Illinois and nationwide. Tell us about them. That's right. So we're seeing in certain states that are very pro-abortion laws that are trying to you know, push that onto everyone in the state. We've seen in New York, we've seen examples in Illinois. And um, the one that you and I were talking about is out of California, where the California Department of Managed Health Care uh, changed its regulations, essentially, to require churches to pay for insurance coverage for elective abortions, which, of course, is a serious violation of these churches' pro-life beliefs. Um, that are rooted in the Bible. And so we have filed a lawsuit in federal court on behalf of several churches that are our clients, and we are now defending those in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, um, trying to get a clarification that it's wrong to force a church or anyone else to participate in funding abortion. Well, now you mentioned the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. There has been... Am I right that one of the decisions uh, upheld the regulations and one of them didn't, or or how did how did the lower courts rule? The lower courts ruled against us on on, um, both on those different cases. yes on different grounds, and one of them is essentially the court said that we hadn't proven that we really were injured. Um, and the other one basically just said, you haven't proven that you have a right to opt out of performing, you know, participating in funding abortion at all, which is contrary to the, well, the first amendment, which ensures that Americans are free to live and work according to their faith without fear of unjust punishment from the government. And that's what this is. This was a calculated, hostility by California that went out of its way to make sure that pro-life religious individuals and groups would have to do this. Uh, I, th I think there's a worldview that is contrary to the Christian worldview. Uh, the, the secular worldview is all rights come from government, and what we say is your right uh, is what it is and nothing else. And if we take it away, uh, you don't have it. It only originates from us rather than, as Thomas Jefferson said, uh, uh, that we are endowed by our creator 
with certain inalienable rights. And this conflict is playing out all over the place. Now, the Ninth Circuit mm -hmm. is something that's interesting because President Trump has now been appointing conservative jurists. Uh, so it's almost an equal balance, isn't it? And certainly the makeup of the judiciary has changed a lot in the past three years. Um, and it really just comes down to interpreting the Constitution faithfully, um, which is very clear that it's wrong to force a church or anyone else to participate in something that violates their conscience. We've, you know, ADF and our Center for Life have made the same argument in similar cases in Illinois on behalf of um, pro-life pregnancy centers and pro-life healthcare workers who are being forced to promote or you know, advocate in some way or even refer for abortions. And so it's a problem we've seen nationwide. And if these judges are actually following the Constitution, the First Amendment will be the end of the story for these cases and will win. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the hope. And we have to keep presenting the cases. And I, I, I tell my clients and others and listeners got to support ADF. you got to support Malkin Baker and and go out of your way to pray for us because this is spiritual warfare. There are people who are locked in, including many judges, to this worldview that all rights emanate from government rather than they emanate from God. And you sometimes reach different conclusions if you think government can make laws and take them away and make rights and take them away rather than they're they're given to us by the First Amendment, uh, by God, underlying the Constitution. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm John Malk of Malk and Baker, and we're talking to Denise Harley, legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, about the litigation that's going on uh, to protect churches from having to pay for abortions if you can imagine that, and two federal courts in California have already ruled that a law requiring churches to pay for abortion insurance is legal, and those churches have to do that. So where do these cases now stand in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, Denise? Is, is there an argument coming up, or is it being briefed? Uh, what's happening? We've argued our case on behalf of Skyline Church in November, so we're waiting decision on that. And then we have briefed our appeal on behalf of Foothill Church and are waiting on an argument date for that as well. And so we are very excited to see that the uh, administration, the federal administration, the Federal Office of Civil Rights has recently issued a notice of violation to California that doesn't necessarily affect the outcome of our case, but it, it underscores the point that we've been making about what a deep-seated conscience violation it is to, pro, to force churches to pay for abortions. Yeah, I, th I think these cases, are, God has allowed them in part so that people who are listening can realize that politics matter, uh, you can't sit back if you want to save children. You better you better vote for people who are going to appoint judges who are going to follow the Constitution and and not ignore the Constitution. And uh, hopefully we're turning the corner there and we have more 
uh, more judges who are faithful to the Constitution now than we've had in the past, but it's, it's no guarantee. We've got to pray, uh, we've got to financially support, and these, uh, these laws seem to infect other states. When uh, one state comes up with a novel way to uh, promote abortion, it seems like Illinois is uh, right, uh, right after that uh, will adopt a law in New York, Massachusetts. Is that what you're seeing? You bet. A good example of that is the recent laws we've seen, the, the contagion of recent laws and attempting to force pregnancy care centers to refer for abortions or even post signs advertising abortions. Um, California, I believe, was the first to start the trend. And then we saw it in Illinois where uh, I believe we partnered with your firm maybe on both of the cases in state court That's as well right. as federal court. Yes, yes and uh, God was so good to give us a victory in the Supreme Court, striking down the California law, but we nonetheless saw it in New York. We saw it in Maryland. I, we're, ADF Center for Life is currently litigating a copycat law in Connecticut that forces pro-life pregnancy centers to post these um, kind of demeaning signs. And so it's... It, it is important to get those victories in court so that the trend is stopped. Uh, I, I'm going to say amen, but I think God also wants us to realize that we can't rely on the Constitution. We get, need to get back to mm -hmm. God and the source of all our liberties, uh, which is God. We need to evangelize as well as vote. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a great point because it really is something that needs prayer. Every Supreme Court case, every court case at all. And one of the reasons we're running into this trouble with the California cases um, and have, have lost so far and may potentially lose even our appeal is because of a Supreme Court decision not too long ago uh, written by Justice Scalia, who, you know, so many of us say, well, he was such a strong advocate of the absolute constitution, just such a defender of it. And yet his opinion in employment division B Smith said, if it's a general law that neutrally applies to everyone, you can't get a religious exception. And that has put us into, you know, we say he, you know, we, we love justice Scalia for his faithfulness to the constitution, but sometimes it's not enough. It's, it's never enough if we aren't totally depending on the Lord for these victories. Amen. And with diligence. Thank you for speaking with us today, Denise. How can people learn more about your cases at Alliance Defending Freedom? We would love for everyone to read about our cases on our website at adflegal.org, which is where you can also sign up to receive our Alliance alerts, um, newsletters, and other information that will keep you posted on the breaking news and the developments in our case Amen. and ways that you can join us in prayer support. Thank you. Amen. And if you have a legal need or question and want a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. Thanks for listening. I'm John Malk, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. You're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed You're gonna have to serve somebody